When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon, Columbus High students. It is Monday, March 6th, 2006, and these announcements are happening only in Zach's mind as he silently goes just apeshit in his van. Be advised this episode contains bullying and homophobic slurs. Congratulations to gymnastics captain Rare and the rest of the team for qualifying for state this year. And an even bigger congratulations to them for not, at this moment, being in the profoundly confusing situation in which Zach has found himself. Great work, Rare and the gymnastics team. Picture a giant-ass stoner van. Inside are two guys. For their own reasons, each of them would pretty much rather be anywhere else on Earth. What? I need you to pretend to date. <laughs> no, no, I heard you. Just... What? Please, I need you to... <sighs> Andy's got a girlfriend, and I don't really know any other guys. <laughs> what about Craigslist? Too risky. He says it so fast, it's clear he already thought of it. I don't know if you've ever found yourself ranked below Craigslist before, but it's not great, as feelings go. <laughs> Let's be real. Nobody on the planet is buying us as a couple. I know this is asking a lot of you. And if you agree to it, I can pay you $40. You think we should pretend to date? And in return, you're offering me money. By the time the prom comes, I can probably make it more like 60 Get out of my car. What? Get your ass out of my car. <laughs> what the hell? You realize that's basically the plot of Pretty Woman, right? You know, it's not actually cheering me up to be compared to Julia Roberts. Wasn't trying to cheer you up. I just think it's funny. You're out of detergent, by the way. I'll get some tomorrow. Mom will think she bought an extra and forgot about it. What are you going to do if your parents wake up and see their washing machines full of girls' clothes? <laughs> Assuming they still even live here. What's that supposed to mean? They are seriously never around. That's not true. My mom drove me home when I got my wisdom teeth out. Unless I hallucinated the whole thing, in which case, how do I get back? Where are my teeth? Wasn't that in, like, December? Whatever. It's March. I know. I know. Okay? Okay. What'd you bring to drink? Nothing. You're not a fun drunk lately. Ugh, why do you have to offer me money? You know, as shit to complain about goes. Ugh. Sixty bucks to pretend you're getting laid? Would he have offered Andy money? Or would he have trusted anybody else, anybody else, to do the right thing. Will you be my pretend gay boyfriend for great justice? I'm not saying it wasn't a stupid plan. What a douchebag. He's not, though. No, he is. He makes you sad. I get to call him a douchebag. That's how it works. What are you doing? Drawing flowers on these shoes. What does it look like I'm doing? Why? I don't know. Wanted to. You never wear them. Because they're white. And now you'll never wear them because they'll be covered in flowers. Yeah, uh, that's accurate. Want me to help color them in? I just saw your markers someplace. What would I do without you? You'll find out Friday. Field trip all morning. I won't be at lunch. Ugh. <sighs> Douchebag. 
can't keep my mind off the whole disaster all the way to the cafeteria. I can't keep my mind off it sitting alone at the lunch table. Probably won't keep my mind off it waiting in line to buy nachos, but at least then I'll have nachos. As I join the back of the line, I can see Leslie standing maybe 10 people ahead of me, ponytail bobbing up and down to some internal rhythm. Anyone else would be listening to music. She's probably thinking about leaves of grass. This guy, Matt or Mark from detention walks by. Hey, Mike. Hey, Melissa. Yo, Zach, give me five. Ahead of us, Leslie is smiling at the lunch lady and paying for her food. Mike looks up at Leslie, glances back at Melissa to make sure she's watching and starts forward. I have enough time to think, I don't like this, and then it happens very quickly. Mike elbows Leslie in the side. Hard. Sorry. Dyke. <clears throat> the set of Leslie's shoulders, the resignation as she crouches down to scoop up the remains of her lunch. It's an old story, almost too familiar to register. That's not what's bothering me. Because I choose the exact wrong moment to look back out at the cafeteria, and so I catch the expression that flickers, just for a moment, across Krista Cooper's face. It's like being punched in the stomach. Krista is afraid, Gabe had said, and I had been too confused and too wrapped up in my own bullshit to think about what that meant. Krista is goofy and energetic and too young to buy cigarettes without a fake ID, and she carries this weight on her all the time. And not just the fear of being found out. I mean, news flash being closeted at this school sucks. I know that part so well, at any given moment, it can fade into the background radiation of my mind. But every day, Krista walks around knowing people want to hurt the girl she likes. That terrified certainty is a part of her day, like passing period or pre-calc or trying to make Leslie smile. I know I'm about to do something stupid. It's not a new feeling. What's new is how little I care. I am so angry I can barely see, and is this how Gabe feels all the time? I'd be shocked if we could ever have something in common, but I can't care about that either. I'm crossing the room before I fully understand what's happening. Hey, Gabe. Gabe. Gabe stops talking to Pony and looks up. The easy smile slides off his face. Pony looks up too, frowning slightly. Actually, a lot of people look up about 15 feet from the table, too far to have this conversation in private, and I don't care about that either. In some detached way, I think it makes more sense. If we do this once in front of everyone, we won't need to keep telling the lie to make it spread. This is gonna get around on its own. What? I changed my mind. What you said yesterday in my car. What, dude, what were you doing Shh, in this car? You were right about some things. About us. Gabe Navarro, will you go to prom with me? <gasps> oh my god! Gabe is just staring. That's when I realize Gabe is under no obligation to say yes. He could still be angry about yesterday. He could have already found some sketchy Craigslist replacement. He could say no and leave me standing here. Gabe opens his mouth. His jaw works, silent. There is not enough oxygen in the room. There is not enough oxygen in the world, and there's no way back into the closet now. I have taken a leap, and now my fragile mortal body is about to hit the ground, or the bullet, or the metaphor. Gabe closes his mouth, 
He opens it again. I... Yes. We should date. Cool. Cool, okay then. Great. I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll just be off then. Yeah, uh, great. Uh, okay. Cool. Yeah. What? No, get back here. New rule. When you ask someone out, you sit next to them because we're not in kindergarten. I, my lunch. Grab your food, then get the hell back here. Roughly 800 students at CHS have lunch this hour. That means that roughly 1,600 eyes are on me as I cross the cafeteria to get my nachos, slouching like I can blend in again if I just hunch my shoulders enough. I rejoin the lunch line where I was. It's not like anyone's forgotten I was there. Get away from me, homo. I head to the back of the lunch line. Three separate kids leave rather than stand anywhere near me, and the pair of freshmen ahead of me are whispering loudly. When I finally make it to the front and hand the lunch lady my money, she glares like she'd deny me the little cardboard boat of nachos if she could. Like banning gay marriage isn't enough, she needs to personally ban gay chips and queso. I dodge two separate attempts to trip me on the way back to the table, mostly out of luck. I try very hard to formulate something funny about this, even if just for the benefit of my own head. Nothing comes. When I return, Gabe and his friends have rearranged themselves to make room for me, which is nice. My new spot is right next to Gabe, which is something I'll have to get used to. I sit down, glancing carefully to the right, but Gabe isn't looking at me. Gabe is staring at the label on his bottle of green tea like it's about to start wrapping the solution to world hunger. Uh, it's, it's a very particular look. So, hey guys, what's new? Ow, Krista, what was that for? Oh my god, is this why you've been such an asshole this year? I know, I know, boys act like jerks when they like someone. But you must like him so much, because you have been unbearable. Krista's not a cruel person, which is why I'm already cringing, thinking how awkward this will be in 30 seconds when Gabe comes clean to his friends and they learn the truth. Like, now that we're past the pigtail pulling, can I just say... Careful! Don't scare him away! He's not that bad, come on! So, you two are really dating. He asked me out, didn't he? Now, granted, a crowded cafeteria is not the best place for Gabe to let his friends in on the plan, but the longer we delay this, the more people will say things they'll regret later. I'll regret later. Gabe glances in my direction for a moment, an almost reflexive flick of the eyes, and I try to communicate using just my face how totally messed up this is, but... Krista picks up on it from across the table, brow furrowed in concern or suspicion, so there's no option but to rein it back in. That's so great, you guys. How long has this been going on? In retrospect, it explains so much. Like why Zach kept coming to meetings, and why Zach's always trying to get Gabe's attention, and why Zach... Uh, some privacy here? You asked him out in front of a third of the school. Andy is gonna die that he missed it! Oh please, Andy probably already knows somehow. Two and a half months before prom... Wow, she must really be serious, huh? Yeah, and maybe now I'm wishing I'd done it differently. No, it's uh, fine. It, it was fine. It's, it's fine. Aww. Gabe, what did you say in his car? Oh, you mean the part where Zach said Gabe was right about something? Oh, please, he's right about stuff all the time. Bet he could tell you the capital of Portugal without breaking a sweat. Lisbon. <laughs> so here's what I think happened yesterday in Gabe's car. Oh! Well, well, do tell. I think 
yesterday, Gabe confessed all his feelings. But Zach wasn't sure he wanted to make the leap and come out. And then today, for some reason, he had a change of heart. Oh, sure. He looked across the room and saw the way the fluorescent lights set off Gabe's hair. So he decided he could only fix it with a big, cheesy, grand gesture. It's like a movie. Yeah, that's pretty much how it happened. You're right. Aw. Gabe, when did you start liking him? <laughs> He's so... If we could have some privacy. Yeah, would really, really love a subject change. I picked the poem I'm going to close read for Lit. Ooh, can we hear? Oh, you probably already know it. Maybe, but I want your, you know, dramatic interpretation. Oh, <laughs> it's called My Loves by Langston Hughes. I love to see the big white moon a-shining in the sky. I love to see the little stars when the shadow clouds go by. I love the raindrops falling on my rooftop in the night. I love the soft winds sighing before the dawn's gray light. I love the deepness of the blue in my Lord's heaven above. But better than all these things, I think, I love my lady love. Yay, Krista! That's, that's really something else. Oh, you think so? I know it. They're sort of <laughs> staring into each other's eyes. That much sincerity, it's hard to watch. I almost wish they would start making out so I'd have an excuse to look away. <laughs> uh, Zacharias, can we get your professional opinion? You know, as a fellow middle school musical veteran. You were in a musical? Come on, he's your friend. Shouldn't you be saying embarrassing stuff about him? Oh, well, that's easy. Gabe's failed his driver's test three times. He still doesn't have a license. And once he walked into a wall because he was thinking about affirmative action. It was a door. It was a door to the janitor's closet. And What musical was it? Peter Pan. I played in the pit. It was fun. So, Zach, were you in the orchestra, too? Ah, uh, it was a long time ago. He was Peter Pan. Seriously? That's the danger of doing school plays when you're a dude. There's always way more parts than guys willing to audition. They were all but knocking boys unconscious and stuffing their limp bodies into pirate costumes. I still don't see why they couldn't have cast girls in some of the boy parts. Ugh, the director said it would mess with the realism. Of Peter Pan. Right? Oh, man, funniest Zack story. So, it was the last show, and it's the very last scene, right? Where all the adventures happened, and they're back in the nursery, and Peter's saying goodbye to Wendy. And it's like this super bittersweet, dramatic moment. Oh, God, how is this happening? Like this. And he's got the flying harness on under his costume because he's supposed to leap out the window and soar away majestically. <laughs> so he says his last line and he jumps up, you know, very sprightly, very in character. And the people backstage yank up the ropes. Uh. <laughs> but they yank 
too hard. So instead of <laughs> sailing through the open window, he flies right into the wooden <gasps> backdrop. <laughs> he smacks into this thing from the waist down, full speed, like a bird hitting your house, like thwack. <laughs> <laughs> and, and meanwhile, we're all in the wings for curtain calls, and we can see the wall almost collapse. He hit it so hard. And from the audience, you hear this collective gasp, like suddenly the play has got to stop and everyone's watching oh, no. this little kid clearly in pain <laughs> just dangling from a rope whimpering <laughs> but but tiny 13 year old Zachary is just such a goddamn professional the audience has barely breathed in again and he just shouts farewell Wendy uh, sorry about your house oh. and the curtain falls <laughs> <laughs> you got him <laughs> <laughs> In my defense, I was thinking about affirmative action. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's my usual nonsense, as easy as breathing. I don't care about making a bunch of Justice Club nerds laugh. I'm just maybe a little surprised when they do. When I get to Conicon, Andy Lee is already waiting by the door. Fist bump. Congrats, man. You should bring in cake or something and celebrate. Wow, dude. I'm touched. Hey, I was rooting for you guys. Yeah, not really. I had no idea. But I'm happy for you. So think how happy I'd be if there was cake. Andy's got the most conditional sense of friendship I have ever seen. It's fantastic. After Conicon is algebra. Uh, let's just say, nobody there is lining up for a fist bump. Keep my earbuds in for the whole hour. Music as loud as it will go drowns out most of what people are trying to say to me, and anyway, my math grade won't suffer more than it already does. Unfortunately, the battery on my MP3 player dies five minutes into world math. Who wants to read the next paragraph? Mr. Clark, can I move? Zach's making me uncomfortable. I'm not doing anything. Oh, please, Mr. Clark. Uh you should probably stay where you are, Eddie. Oh, but Mr. Clark, I don't feel safe. See, Zach, he likes boys. <laughs> okay. Okay, that... Hey, move. What? Move. You don't want to sit by Zach? Well, I do. I... Move. We're, we're, we're switching places. Nobody's moving. Leslie, there's assigned seats for a reason. Yeah, and I'm... Reassigning them. I'm not going to go sit. Oh, what, in my chair? I'm not contagious. You'll be fine. Seriously, move. Everyone will be happier. L Leslie, if you keep this up, you'll have to go to the principal's office. I'm not going. But, Leslie! Nobody ever, ever gets in trouble in this class. They act out all the time, but you know they wouldn't listen to you anyway, so you let them do whatever. Do you know the, the things people have said to me in this room? You think that because I follow the rules, I respect you, but I don't. I behave because I'm here to learn. Nobody in this room respects you less than I do. I'm not walking to the office, and I don't think you're going to carry me. So I'm going to wait here until he gets up and moves so we can all do what we're supposed to be doing, which is to read a very, very oversimplified retelling of the Trojan War. Detention! You have detention for the rest of the week. Yeah, okay, sure. Sounds good. So then, 
Then she turns to Eddie, and even the unicorn on her shirt looks like it is about to throw down. And she just says, Eddie, these are comfortable shoes. I can stand here a long time. And he moves. He actually <gasps> freaking moves. Jesus, Leslie! You're a force of nature. <laughs> Come on, you two. It wasn't. No, but it was. It was. Leslie McClary, the sophomore who wouldn't sit down. Leslie McClary, terror of shitty teachers everywhere. Leslie McClary, champion of the people, defender of the weak. Hey. Okay, Leslie McClary, rebel with a cause. Leslie McClary, my hero. Ooh, careful. Don't want to make your boyfriend jealous. Uh, hey. Hey. Super, so now that everyone's here, we can get started. I spend the meeting reading the book Leslie lent me, World War I Poetry. The fastest way to break the illusion that Gabe and I are actually together would be to pull my usual heckling routine. I have a feeling I wouldn't be able to resist if I actually listened to Gabe and his merry band of outlaws, so aggressively zoning out seems like the safest bet. And go figure, World War I poetry is actually, like, good. It's like someone reached into a black and white photograph, snatched up all the young smiling boys and girls in hats and knee breeches, and flung them into the apocalypse. Here are a bunch of kids born before cars, trying to describe what basically sounds like hell, and the only tools at their disposal are these quaint rhyme schemes and a language that wasn't designed to hold this kind of horror. The plus side is that the hour goes by quickly. The downside is that with the end of the meeting comes the end of the meeting. Bye, Gabe. Bye, Zach. Bye, Pony. Second fist bump. Think about that cake, I'm telling you. Bye, Andy. Uh... Gabe, do you want to ride home so we can talk about things? Yeah, that'd be good. Enjoy your weekend, you two. Leslie, let's go. The next episode of Xena waits for no woman. The inside of my van is way messier than I remembered. I'm throwing papers and wrappers into the back, silently daring Gabe to criticize me, but he doesn't. Maybe just to be contrary. So... We need to talk about this. Yeah, okay. Also, I have no idea where you live. Left out of the parking lot, right at the third light, right on Miller, left on Hemlock. And <clears throat> I think we should have a system over the course of maintaining this, um, <clears throat> uh, I think the word you're looking for is lie. Look, if we want to pull this off, there's probably going to have to be at least a little bit of um, what? Give me something to work with. A noun. Rhymes with purple. Something. Physical contact? It's just, I can see so many situations where one of us would be uncomfortable, but wouldn't feel like he could say anything without blowing his cover. So I think it would be useful if we had a code word to say, you know, I need some space. Wow. Someone thinks highly of himself? What are you talking about? Nah, man, I get it. How about Mondegreen, Boysenberry, uh, Achromatic, or, uh, hey, there's always, uh, you're an incredible douchebag. Of all the possible things, why are you making this difficult? Dude, I'm not gonna jump- I'm crying out loud, I'm trying to respect your boundaries. Wait, what? What? I just don't see the point. Look, I promise I'm not gonna do anything to you, and you'd never, obviously, so if- Something comes up, just do whatever you're comfortable with, and I'll deal. What if I'm comfortable going way further than you? 
If it makes you feel better, fine, whatever. We can have a safe word, but we only need to keep this up in public at school, so it's not like we need to go around, uh... Um, I... I, I mean, I think we could pretty much stick to... I, I mean, are you okay with holding hands? It's fine. Are you okay with hugging? No. Friendly arm around the shoulder? Yeah, okay. Your turn to suggest something. Obnoxious pet names. It's almost better if you do. You're still pretending to be you. A peck on the cheek? I can't imagine a universe in which it would ever seem like a good idea to actually kiss Gabe. I can't imagine a universe in which Gabe would ever be willing to kiss me. I am sure of few things in this world, but here is one of them. That shit is flat out never happening. So when I answer, it's purely in the interest of science fiction. Yeah, sure. Why not? We still need to pick a word. Oh, in case the hand-holding gets too intense? Humor me. Ugh, fine. Dear. If one of us doesn't like what's going on, he can be like, okay, dear. Yeah, that's actually pretty clever. Actually. Hey, when are you letting your friends in on the plan? We can't tell them. The hell? Ah. Whoa! Careful! Yeah, yeah. Look... In order for this to work, nobody can know. I'd trust them with my life, but Leslie and Krista can't know, obviously, and Pony can't keep a secret. You could tell Andy. Andy and Pony are best friends. If Andy knows, Pony knows. And if Pony knows, the entire school knows. <sighs> Shit, it's like six degrees of Kevin Bacon, but instead of movies, it's just lies and agony. <sighs> if you want to back out of this, I mean, you can, you want. No, whatever. At this point, the damage is done. How long do we need to keep this going, really? The night of prom? I want Krista and Leslie to feel like they have some backup in case the chaperones are awful to them. Okay. And in the meantime, we just sit together at lunch, hold hands or whatever, and then once a week we have a pretend date. Two and a half months. That's a lot of pretend dates. Well, obviously we won't do anything. Just... In case someone asks what we did last weekend, our stories should match. Which means we'll have to check in with each other and debrief every now and then. I'll meet you in the janitor's closet by the gym. Tuesday is 4.47 sharp. Make sure you aren't followed. Wear a disguise. Trust no one. Is that too much? When I glance over, Gabe has his head in his hands. Okay, probably. I, I can give you a ride home for meetings. So that's 20 minutes, two days a week. And if we need to, we could trade email addresses. And phone numbers. Mm, sorry, Gabe. I like my new flip phone. It's got knockoff Tetris and everything. I don't need to go around carrying something in my pocket that could, at any minute, ambush me with your voice. Nah, email's fine. As far as this weekend, let's say you're coming over to my place. We'll order Chinese, watch some movies. Okay, then. Sounds good. And the problem is, it does sound good. No hassle, no 1950s going steady bullshit. Just sharing a couch. Maybe inching closer during the tense parts arms brushing and yeah sometimes a guy gets jealous of his alternate reality self what of it you missed my straight right you know to tell the group if someone hassles you right why has nobody hassled you yet that's not the same most people didn't like me to begin with man you could teach a class on how to be a badass without even trying you and and leslie should have seen her today. <laughs> what? Did someone insult Mary Shelley? 
This is how he sounds when he talks about his friends, I can't help thinking. It's a world away from that angry kid in detention, ranting to the first burnout willing to listen. Social Justice Club has been good for him. I wonder... Uh, you missed my street again. Uh, of course I did. Hemlock. Long nightmare is almost over. Let's get you home. That's the one with the red door? Really? What? It's so... normal. Where did you think I lived? An underground rebel base? See you Monday, and uh, enjoy our imaginary date tonight, I guess. Tonight doesn't work for me. Okay, I'll admit it. I have to fight down this brief, weird pang of hurt. Like, what? Does Gabe have another, better imaginary date lined up? You realize this is pretend, right? Obviously. Krista and Pony are coming over to work on a lit project. Uh, how's Saturday? Fine. Also, just so we're clear, if you offer me money again, I'm going to punch you in the jaw. But you don't believe in what we're doing. It's not fair that you don't get anything out of it. Sheer joy of screwing with people? Look, if it helps you sleep at night, we can always leave it at... I hereby have the right to ask you out of nowhere for my own weird, sketchy favor. If there's anything you're not comfortable with... We can go over this again. I really, really don't want... Jesus, give it a rest. Message received, okay? My bathing suit area is safe with you. I get it. I'm a virgin. Who cares? It's a made-up social construct anyway. Uh, I actually didn't know you were, so thank you, Gabe, for somehow managing to make this more awkward. So... Why do you keep acting like it's funny? Because you're acting so worried for my virtue when I have no proof you can even deal with holding hands. Gabe shoots me this very determined look and suddenly the world is going upside down because Gabe is reaching out. and His fingers are shockingly warm against the skin of my inner wrist where my pulse is racing like a frightened rabbit. Our faces are just a little too close together. There. I'm holding your hand. Okay? That's my wrist. It's it's okay. You had the right uh, general idea. See you Monday. See ya. One day, Zach. I leave you alone for one day and this is what you do? Okay, in my defense, it didn't seem like a good idea even while it was happening. How do these things happen to you? And like... Why? Are you okay eating at Gabe's lunch table for a while? I can pretend to stand the nerd squad if you can pretend to date Gabe. Yeah. Hey, uh, don't tell Cody. What? Like he can't keep a secret? I know he can. I just don't want your kid brother to think I'm this much of a loser, I can't make myself say. Cody has taken to wearing a knit hat and covering his school folders and scribbled cartoon characters and monsters. He's pretty damn good for an 11-year-old. And watching him pour over paper, frowning in a very familiar way, never fails to fill me with a weird stew of pride and panic. All the lying, not setting the best example. Fair. What about the whole gay boyfriend thing? I remember the fifth grade rumor mill. He's bound to find out eventually. Who's bound to find out what went? Hey, Cody. Zach's got a boyfriend. In the thoughtful silence that follows, Cody jams an entire s'more Pop-Tart into his mouth. Huh. You're the dudes? Uh... Sometimes. For half a second, I'm, like, paralyzed in fear. But all he does is shrug his narrow shoulders and swallow down a mouthful of chocolate and fake marshmallow filling. 
Okay, my turn on the computer. Midnight rolls around, and when Tori taps Cody on the shoulder, all she says is brush your teeth, which is how I know both of them are staying over. When Cody is in the bathroom, I squeeze her shoulder, and she doesn't shrug it off, which is how I know it's something worse than usual. I'm sorry. Uh, the table thing. It's fine. It's... Distraction, you know? Check out this minty fresh shine! Someone's way too happy. What'd you do to my iTunes? Got rid of all your shitty stuff. Now your boyfriend has a fighting chance of thinking maybe you're cool. Took forever. It was like half your music. <sighs> I hid it in a subfolder on your desktop. I'm not an animal. Gabe already knows Zach's not cool. Where's my pajamas? Here. And he's dating you anyway? Whoa, marry this dude. Tori, do you want to help me with this one? Have fun. Michigan, man, they passed a thing. Same-sex marriage is, like, extra illegal here. Then do an illegal wedding. Bribe a priest. Cody. Before you ask, I have no idea what's going on. Please, I just want to make sure things are okay. Look, I wouldn't worry, dude. It's just family shit, you know? If you guys are in danger... Tori and I will kick whoever needs kicking in the balls. I was gonna say call the police. Point of fact, we'll probably call you. Dibs on the bed. Tori and Cody leave at 6 a.m., muzzy-eyed and subdued. I tiptoe into the kitchen and grab them each another packet of Pop-Tarts. Straight outside is dark and quiet, the wet grass impossibly green, super saturated like it's been photoshopped. Tori wrestles her bike from some bushes and Cody perches on the handlebars. The last time they came over, they each had a bike. It's never clear when it comes to the Krugers what's worth worrying about. Standing there telling myself Cody would know if something was up when I realize I'm swaying on my feet, queasy with exhaustion. <sighs> I drag myself into my room and flop into bed, ready to pass out until at least 2007. What? Mom, get the door. Dad! I think that's gonna do anything. And I have words with whatever asshole goes around ringing doorbells on a Saturday. Ooh, look at me, I'm awake. Gabe? Let me in and I'll explain. Ashton Reed as Zach. Chris Rivera as Gabe. Ishani Konitkar as Tori. Ella Moria Seat as Melissa. Andy BC Emerson as Mike. Paige Elena as Leslie. Regina Renee Russell as Krista. Nat Razi as Pony. Perseus Rebello as Andy. Stephen and Rosano as Eddie. Nate Dufort as Mr. Clark. Greg Vinciguerra as Cody. Directed by Rye Dorsey. Production coordination by Michaela Wano. Sound effects by Phoebe Izzard-Davey. Audio mixing by Rebecca Lynn. Written by Jessica Best. Zach's narration music is by Kyron Starr. Closing credits music is by Jessica Best and arranged, performed, and produced by Kyron Starr. The music on Zach's MP3 player is Say What You Will by Shane Ivers at www.silvermansound.com. And I've been Kay Watson, your morning announcements. Thank you, and have a great day, Columbus High. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.